How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, freedom, flow, agorism, anarchy, and more. This is Mike the Polymath coming from the Easy Peasy Workshop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining. Everybody, welcome to episode 112 of the Easy Peasy Podcast. I've got a friend, uh, a self-reliance friend, an SOE friend, uh, a musician friend on the show tonight, Testimona. Um, now, I would say you don't actually work for SOE, but that's not entirely true. I guess you got you got a little gig from them. I guess unless you did that pro bono. I saw your your new song that you just made for SOE Tactical. Uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I was. I absolutely loved um, what they did with the video. But yeah, so um, that actually happened. We discussed it at Self-Reliance Festival. And uh, so I got contracted to do a couple of songs for them. So the first one is already out. Um, second one is just about fully completed. And then the third one is in process. So yeah, it's, I'm excited for the others to come out, but I was like, I was absolutely loved what they did with the song. I think that video just brought it to life. So I was really excited about it. That's cool. They're doing, they're doing more than one, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We're doing three. So it's very exciting. And the, the second one should be like fully completed any day now it's, it's uh, in engineering right now. So it's already like been recorded and everything. Sick, sick. Yeah. yeah. I tell you what, you are, I, I just turned myself up to compensate for you. So I think we're balanced out now. I'm hoping so. I was looking at yeah. the, the sound waves and I was like, oh, wow, my voice is way too loud. So I just like slowly backed up my <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. It's as long as we're balanced, we're cool. Um, okay. 
but yeah, so I, I'm glad we finally did this. We've been talking about having a having a show together, um, and I'm glad I'm glad we've made it happen because I've I've been digging your tunes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like the typical music I would I would necessarily listen to. Um, you know, just like I, I was never into EDM or house or I, I don't know what you'd classify, you know, you're kind of hip hop ish, I guess. What do you what do you consider yourself? What what genre? I mean, if somebody asked me to pick one, I would say alternative hip hop just because um, I, I mean, it, it does have that hip hop base. And like, obviously, I write kind of in that style sometimes, not always, but that is largely what I grew up on. But I do fuse it with blues very heavily uh i also do some lo-fi i love lo-fi hip-hop and then um i've got some more funky jazzy stuff uh that kind of does have that more upbeat vibe and then the dark trap i love dark trap just trap grimy dark like just really raw lyrics i love that so so yeah so i mix i mix a lot of genres so it's hard for me to say which one I'm in because I write basically whatever I'm feeling. So I'll pick sounds that accompany that emotion basically. Well, I love the rawness. Like that's what really appeals to me about it. And the lyrics are highly relatable in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, I guess I'm curious. So what I thought we'd do, and uh, you tell me if you want to tweak the plan, but what I thought we'd do is kind of I, I picked out four songs that I find very, very interesting. OK, OK. <laughs> and I thought we could like talk about them a little bit, but maybe before we get there, um, I thought I'd ask you sort of about your like your journey to music um, and how you started making these songs. You know, am I right in saying that you started sort of just before the pandemic? Um, I actually started making music, uh, God, what year? It was 2010. It was right after, it was about six months after I got sober because I used to be a heroin addict up until the end of 09. So that was when I started um, actually making music. I had written lyrics like since I was a kid, but I never thought I could sing, never thought I could rap, never thought I could do anything. And so I just never tried. But when I got sober, I was like, well, if you live through that shit and you're not in prison and you're free, because for a minute I thought I might go, um, I was like, you have to at least try. So that's, you know, in a very vague sum up, that was when it started. However, I was not consistent. There was like a block of a couple years from then to the pandemic where I was almost completely inactive. And that was just due to chaos in my personal life, if we're being honest and, and, you know, whatever. But, um, right before the pandemic, I had another thing happen in my life that brought me back to music. And I was like, all right, I'm totally dedicated to this wound up, um, making a few new songs, performing locally, moved down to Los Angeles, started doing music like full time in Hollywood. And then 10 weeks later, the pandemic hit and everything shut down and it just turned into, absolute fucking chaos for like all the way up until I wound up leaving. But it was, I mean, that, that whole story. So yeah, so I made it to LA and was there for 10 weeks. And then, you know, that, that kind of, uh, it all, it all went away. Um, and you know, that city is not the same anymore. So yeah, I heard, I heard they're reinstituting the, 
um, mask mandate. Yeah, I have some friends. Well, I have a lot of friends actually down there, but I have just some that I talk to very regularly um, still. And they've been saying that they keep like threatening them with it or like, you know, whatever. They'll send me the news articles that get sent to their phone. I'm like, do you realize that they're just like targeting you guys because of where you live? But I guess they're really doing, I don't know. I, I didn't know that it was a for sure thing. I knew that so I have some friends that are concerned about it, but I didn't know, like, is that a for sure thing that they're doing now? I guess I can't say a hundred percent. I thought that I heard that it was for sure, but I, I don't know. It's, I, it's like, I, I'm almost getting to the point where I've absorbed all the information I can, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I'm glad to be talking with you because your music your music speaks to me in in a in a way of like um the like like we already said the rawness but like that's it's very vulnerable to be that raw um and I appreciated that you commented on a little video I did what just last night mm-hmm. I think it was yeah um you know I was doing a lot of videos like that for a period of time and I I kind of stopped because I I don't want to be the guy that's like calling people on their bullshit all the time. <laughs> I, yeah, I get that. Cause people get mad as hell. Like, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I literally, I, I get attacked on the internet all the fucking time, dude. Cause I do the same shit, but I'm like, well, I'm not going to stop, but it does get really frustrating sometimes. Well, it's like, I, I find you, uh, appealing because it's like, you don't seem to have the same trepidation about it as I do. And maybe that's just kind of because you're doing it in a musical form. Um, so like you make a song and you're capturing a feeling of a moment in that way. Whereas I'm kind of doing it through just speech. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know. I, I, I see, I see your vulnerability as like very tangible because I felt it. Um, and once you put it out there, it's out there forever, you know, doing it in an artistic way, kind of in some ways, like shields, uh, shields you from maybe some negative, like self doubt or something, because it was easier for me to write a book and, and put a lot of ideas into it in that way than it is for me to just speak candidly and, and put it out there and like, not worry about what people are going to feel from it. Right. Like, cause I don't want to make people feel bad, but at the same fucking time, there's, there's been a lot of bullshit, you know, like, yeah, no, I do. I mean, I honestly, with music sometimes, cause I, I make those little, like those videos like you did as well. And I'll just go off on some shit. So I, I started, I didn't used to, but I started doing that. Like, I want to say maybe, maybe six months ago and I'll kind of go through phases, but yeah, it's like either people respond very well or it's like half the comments are cool. And the other half I'm being like accused of all kinds of foul, disgusting, crazy stuff or Mm -hmm. being attacked for God knows what by like random people. I don't even know who they are, but they'll, you know, people can take that very personally. And I think when you speak candidly, And it's like people can respond in real time. It's, you know, you are opening yourself up for who fuck, whatever, whoever the fuck on the internet is having a bad day and wants to take it out on you basically, because it's like, I never call anybody out by name. Like, I don't even know these motherfuckers, but obviously if they're triggered, the shoe fits, but I'm like, well, whose fucking fault is that? I don't even know who you are, but 
you know, so whatever. I, I definitely feel like it's hard to do that. And then with music, it depends on how it's presented, but I have noticed that right before every release, I get so nervous and it's like, mm. song's already done. People already know it's coming out. Like I've been posting about it. You know, I even have a couple unreleased tracks right now that off my album that I'll probably leak before the album, but I'm waiting till January at, at the earliest. Uh, but some of them I'm even very nervous about putting out just because I'm like, holy shit, like, is this going to freak people out? Like what, you know, because people are just so reactive right now that yeah. it's like, it, I feel like you could put out anything and someone's going to blow a fucking gasket. It doesn't, it almost doesn't matter, but especially if you're touching on things that are relevant and true that aren't necessarily you know, sunshine and fucking rainbows. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so yeah I, I do feel like it, it is a difference um, for sure. Like speaking directly to like, cause they feel like you're talking to them versus like, you know, them hearing a song. I feel like they might be able to, the ego might view that as more passive, but I'm not sure. I have seen people lose their mind over songs before. So it's, it's hard to predict how people will react, honestly. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking this might be a good time to bring up the first song I thought we'd we'd discuss, and that's Wasteland, which, yeah. you, which you, put, <laughs> you put out. It, it it appears to me you put it out before COVID. No, that was during. I had it was during. Was, yeah, wow. it was. Wow. Yeah, still that was a. Uh, uh, God, yeah. So the pandemic had been, or whatever you want to call it, um, you know what I mean, had been in full swing for. X amount of months, I had just gotten out of jail for defending myself nonviolently because words are illegal on the West Coast. Um, what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you're not. I didn't know that actually. I, I I didn't know that saying a certain thing to somebody is a felony. But yeah, so I went to jail for that, and I was pissed as fuck, and I was also very just kind of beyond disappointed in the way I was seeing the, the people around me responding to the chaos that became Los Angeles or that became the planet. Um, and then also just realizing like, wow, I am surrounded by chaos and violence and this, that, and the third, like, and there is, you know, n absolutely nobody that gives a fuck. Like you are a hundred percent on your own. No one is coming to save you. Everybody who said that they'd have your back if shit hit the fan has hightailed it out of here. They're not in the danger zone. And I was really like pretty disgusted by that. But I'm like, well, what are you going to do? Like, I'm not about to, you know, die down here. So I'm going to, you know, do what I need to do to make sure I live, which I did. But that was just me kind of taking shots at, well, yeah, I, it's called Wasteland. That's basically just about society is I just felt like everywhere I look, it's just people running their mouth with no substance. Nobody's sticking to their word. People are acting like fucking lunatics. Um, and it just seemed like I couldn't find anything that felt authentic or even remotely reliable. Like it was just chaos everywhere. So, so yeah, that was, a that was my, my view kind of on what was going on. Well, especially being in Los Angeles, that has to be like the, the armpit of the, of the, of the rot. Right. Like the, center, the, the epicenter, one of the epicenters, because the truth is, you know, you and I both know uh, if you get away from 
that kind of place, there are good people when you mm-hmm. when you get out of the city a little ways. Um, now you live in Nashville now, right? So is that better? I hope. Yeah. So I live like, I'm not in the actual city anymore because of also of stuff like this is like, you know, I don't want like in case, you know, things get shit house crazy again, I am not trying to be in a congested population, high population area because, mm-hmm. um, in my experience, uh, when shit hits the fan freeways get blocked and you can't get out. And then you're just trapped with millions of people losing their shit um, it's also not a good place to be, you know, regarding things like food shortages. So I distanced myself. I'm a little outside of Nashville, but not not that far. It's like 30 yeah. minutes away. Um, but yeah, so the greater Nashville area, I mean, Tennessee as a whole, like completely different culture. People are pretty fucking chill when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like um, I can't speak for everybody in Nashville because I don't know, you know, I don't know everybody in like there's a lot of people that have moved to Nashville since the pandemic that are not from Tennessee or Nashville or even this region. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting to see like the, the different kind of collisions of, you know, people's mindsets of where they come from. But um, when it comes to all this type of shit, like it, it just relieves so much anxiety, not living in a place like LA Um, which sucks because I, before all this shit went down, I loved that place. I loved the fact that I could perform any night or go see music any night or work with musicians around the clock. And I loved the friends that I had there. Like, I understand that there's hella shady people there, but the people that I knew actually were not. So I fucking love that. But once that this whole incident happened, like, I mean, the people are still there, but like the city and it's, it's energy, it's just different. And like, I'm just like, fuck that shit. Plus with what they're always doing with, you know, the vaccine passports and the masking and the crazy fucking laws and just people getting so hysterical about anything the news puts out. I'm like, I just want far away from all that fucking hysteria. And the same can be said for my home state, Oregon, just right above it, you know, because that's where I went when I left L.A. because I didn't have anywhere else to go at the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just wanted to get off of the West Coast entirely. Like, I just wanted to be away from I mean, there's there's problems everywhere. I'm not saying that, you know, Tennessee is a utopia, but it's um, a little bit less of that. Yeah. <laughs> basically, a little less like if shit hits the fan again, which it might. Um, you know, I have my opinions and shit, but, uh, I would rather be here than there. I'll put it that way. I feel you. Um, you know, I live on the outskirts of the city. I'd, I'd say, you know, it's like 15 minutes to downtown. Um, and Indy's a small enough town, uh, comparable to Nashville, but smaller. I'm pretty sure. Um, I think, you know, maybe half of what Nashville is. I, I would, I don't know. Doesn't matter really, but, um, I do appreciate that. I have multiple exits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on the South side and I can take the highway or I can take one of four or five sort of County roads. Um, and that's a good kind of that awareness I think is at this point kind of practical because I, I, I will admit that I was foolish enough to let the curiosity get the best of me. I guess it's part of mar- you know, my dark side, which is why, again, I appreciate your music because you you 
recognize the darkness. Um, but I got kind of pulled into the, to the protests I emotionally, didn't emotionally. I didn't yeah. I think, I think a lot of us fucking did. Yeah. As, as sort of anarchistic folks, it was very easy to be like, this is us against the machine, right? The, the police state, um, not individual cops per se, but the, the fact that they have these privileges and this, you know, this, uh, monopoly on violence. Right. And so I was there and I saw it devolve into chaos and I kept going back for more. I'll admit it because I was empathetic to all of it. Um, but I also was able to process in hindsight what I saw. And I, I saw a lot of, you know, I guess I'd say primal hateful behavior. Um, and it does kind of wake you up to what people are capable of. And it was kind of like living in a wasteland, mm -hmm. right? You know, I think, um, I'm trying to decide because part of me wants to play the song. I would have to cut out the crummy audio that's going to come through because I'll play it through a speaker, but I'd like to, I, I listened to all of these before the show, but I'd almost like to hear the lyrics over again. And that way there's a space in there. If I can get you to send me the MP3s, um, I can crop in the best, you know, best audio version, but I think this would be a good time to play Wasteland if that's cool with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to do that and I'm going to take the opportunity to use the restroom. <laughs> I tried to go before we started and now I need to go. So, uh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Um, so, bear with me here for just one second. To tell the truth, my life's been so fucked up. Last time in jail, felt like He's dying of dehydration Headless chicken, ego-driven Welcome to the wasteland Not a fucking person coming with a shred of substance Don't say I didn't warn you They're lying when they say they'll protect you Keep a tool on you cause they won't pop shit in the wasteland You're on your own, bitch The cold reality of a Rolling Stone clown world They care except everyone's grown Dick riding epidemic If you're about at their feet Get treated like a peasant I don't trust nobody to do what they say If they wanna earn my trust I make them prove it a hundred ways They can hate all they want on a sheet king I'm from where it always rains So the shade don't mean a thing To tell bitch. the truth my life's been so fucked up Last time in jail felt like vacation Sick and tired of plastic fuck Fake thugs toting guns He's dying of dehydration Headless chicken, ego-driven Welcome to the wasteland Not a fucking person coming with a shred of substance You ask me if I wanna come kick it and vibe? Honestly, I'm kinda bummed you're even alive We ain't the same, I'm from where demons fill your veins Psychosis, pills, and rage is what made this psych ward saint It's a sad state the world is in Heads up their ass, slaves to screens and television Nobody thinks for themselves Lord of the flies before your eyes If you don't buy what they sell 
so I I wanted to pause it like five or six times because um, there are like particular lyrics that really jump out. But I don't want to do that to the listener. You know, I want to let them absorb the whole song, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but at the towards the end there, I heard "Lord of the Flies" before your eyes. If you ain't buying what they're selling. Yeah, I said, Lord of the Flies before your eyes if you don't buy what they sell. Yeah. (laughs) God damn. (sighs) You know, so I watched, this might be a little out of left field, but bear with me. I watched They Live for the first time today. Have you seen this movie? No. Is it new? Man, no. It's 1988. Oh, shit. And, um... It's become a bit of a, well, it's been a cult classic and now it's kind of a meme because it's, it's very potently relevant. Okay. Um, in a nutshell, the premise is it's, it's kind of hard to say in a nutshell, but the, the hero of the story stumbles upon a pair of sunglasses that have been engineered to pull away the veil and show the reality underneath it, okay? And when he puts these sunglasses on, you know, an advertisement on a billboard that did say, you know, come to Cabo for vacation, and it's got a, you know, woman in a bikini. Uh, He puts the glasses on and it says, reproduce, And, you know, there's, you know, blowout sale and it says consume with the shades on and, you know, obey and don't question authority and, you know, all the subliminal messages. And um, the glasses also reveal sort of who are what in our circle you might call like the lizard people. Mm -hmm. They're kind of portrayed as like zombies almost or aliens, more like aliens. but just grotesque creatures and they're the bankers and the politicians and a lot of the cops, but not all the cops, you know, this movie, you should check it out. Um, Yeah, I'm going to write that down actually, because that sounds, I I never watch movies, but that sounds like one I need to see. Absolutely. (laughs) It's called they live. They live. Yeah. Okay. And, um, right. It's like I said, it's just like super poignant right now in particular and it's by this guy john carpenter who is kind of a cult director he actually did halloween the original halloween and that was his big blockbuster but he did all these kind of like you might call them b movies but they're all really fucking interesting at like a on a philosophical kind of level um you know this one with kurt russell is his ridiculous escape from uh new york where it's like a you know dystopian future and it's like watching these movies that he made in the 80s um after what we've gone through the last couple few years is just crazy it's like this this dude's kind of halfway prophetic um which is why like i thought wasteland because youtube says you posted it three years ago but maybe they're rounding up you know what i'm wrong a year ago which movie or which um Okay, it's Psycho. Psycho is the one you did three years ago. 
Yes, Psycho can't. So they they might be a little wonky. So Psycho was 2019. Um, and then after Psycho was Quarantine Blues, which was 2020. And then uh, 2021, right? At, like, I think it was 2021, wasn't it? What the fuck? What? Yeah, I think it was 2021. Um, that's when I had two back-to-back releases. One was called Bondage. And then the other one was Wasteland. And that so that was... I want to say early to mid 2021. And for some people in the United States, they were not dealing with lockdowns at that time. But where I lived, we absolutely still were. Mm-hmm. It was still everything is closed. Go fuck yourself if you need to work, um, basically. And uh, yeah, it was it was everybody was like terrified of each other. I mean, everybody, people were, were wearing masks outside uh, it was, it was nuts. I mean, they didn't lift the mask mandates on the West coast until, uh, eight months ago. And now we just, like, we just talked about, they're talking about putting them back on, but, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it was very much, um, alive and well, and still going on, um, at that time. I don't even remember where and when I wrote it, but that's just when it got released. I think there was like a gap of, of a couple months of when I created it. And then when I released it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, yeah, I found Psycho to be interesting. Um, yeah. You know, it's like it could be about anybody, but it feels kind of personal. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was very fucking, I mean, just, yeah, that was, I mean, that was obviously written about somebody I was romantically involved with, you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, I'm like, well, you know, it pissed me off to the point where I, that person got a whole song. Like, yeah, and, and yeah. it was absolutely a diss track, 100%. Like, and he knew I was doing it, too. Like, he did. Um, but I was just like, man, fuck this motherfucker. Yeah, he's gotten mentioned in two songs. But the, <laughs> but the other song he got mentioned in, he only got one line. And that's yeah. it. And now there's no more of him because he's not not relevant in my life anymore. But, uh, but yeah, that was a uh, horrific situation, actually. The song makes it seem a lot more like... Um, not lighthearted, but a lot lighter than it actually was. Wow. Okay. Cause it, yeah. it sounds pretty fucking hardcore in the song. So yeah, I, I would yeah. say the real life situation. Cause a lot of the fuckery that ha- happened, happened after I released the song, like it was bad enough before, but it did not, it did not stop at that, at the song. So, um, yeah, it got worse. It got, it was much, much worse. So if I like, if I were to, redo that song i would it would be 10 times harder but i just do not have the desire to write another song about that individual because i don't give a shit but um but i needed to at that time period because it was just like how do you handle that much that much rage that had gotten triggered in me or whatever so you know channeling it into a song in my experience is the most productive way to do that that will keep you out of jail Um, just because like, I understand people say, Oh, go to the gym, da, da, da. I do. But there's sometimes you can be so mad that you could go to the gym every fucking day and you're still going to be mad. You know what I mean? So you got to get it out another way. (laughs) See, this is why, this is why I wanted to talk to you. Um, right. And it's kind of like, I don't want us to come across as like two angry people making each other angrier. Oh my god! Two angry people making each other angrier. Because <laughs> like that's not what it is. That's not what it is. But like you know, just I'm just gonna say it. Um, but it's like 
I, you're obviously a fun person. Like you're a cool person. You're friendly. You're polite. Uh, but you're you're fucking hardcore, and I like it. And like I like I kind of alluded to earlier, it's like I I often have this like this weight like of I don't want to I don't want to. It sounds ironic because I'm controversial all the time, but I have this like hesitation telling me stop being controversial. Like just like. I I guess I have a hard time phrasing this question. It's not really a question. I guess how mad is it okay to be in your opinion? If I can boil it down. Uh, However mad you authentically are. I don't think that there is a limit. Like obviously there's a difference between that's why I use the word authentic because there's the difference between real rage as a reaction to injustice or things just being mass like to say boundaries have been violated is a fucking understatement so like that is very different than a lot of what we see in the collective which i think is people not having purpose in their lives so they look to the media and the tv and their phones to generate these emotions and flip out about shit that they don't even fucking really care about or have any heartfelt connection to but um those emotions like rage fear they can actually be very addicting because they do produce adrenaline they do produce like certain effects i even observe myself when i'm in those states and so we i mean whether it's a positive or a negative emotion i mean it can you know we can sometimes people can take it too far to where it's destructive in an unhelpful way but I don't think that that's the case with somebody like you. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about people like you or anybody that's, you know, like working toward a solution and looking at things clearly because other than that, like, I think we're allowed to fucking feel however, however we feel is how the fuck we should feel basically. Yeah. yeah I mean, you say you're not talking about me, but it is in a sense, something I've experienced the addictive nature of the anger. Oh, same uh, here for sure. Right. And, and I'm not like angry all day, every day, although I've had periods where I was, you know, hence getting involved with the protests. Yeah. Um, and hence some of my, like, you might even call them outbursts on Instagram. Right. Um, my cre I'll, I'll call them creative outbursts because I get into a certain mode, mood, whatever you want to call it, where I've heard something or I've heard enough things that piss me off that I just have to address it. Otherwise it'll, it's like, it's like a release valve. Um, but I, you know, I do think it's something you have to learn to control. And that's what I've been working on lately is just like, okay, I am angry. There's nothing I can do to stop being angry, but I can control it and choose how to use it as opposed to just you know, you don't want to burn people who don't deserve to get burned when you're letting off steam. You know, you want to control. Yeah. It's like steam is a good metaphor because steam gets work done, right? It's it's heat and coolness combined getting work done. So let's, you know, it's like, let's, let's be, I, I like, I like the idea of being like a steam engine working towards something good, but you have to have a little heat in the, in the engine to get it done. Right. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's also realistic, too. I mean, I think that a lot of it's oh God, we live in such a weird world, but there's this weird 
kind of, I guess you could call it a, a, a mind control psyop that we've all like uh, unconsciously subscribed to where it's like, I, I hate what is done to, to men in this society where it's like, you have to always be together. You can't show your emotions. You just have to be on this straight line and always have answers and be collected and unbothered. And it's like, well, that's not realistic. They're fucking people. And then with women, we're, we, we are expected to be emotional, but only in certain ways and not never too much or mm-hmm. your X, Y, and Z. And if it's not enough, you're also X, Y, and Z. But women showing anger, I, I'm telling you right now, even if I make one of the, like a video similar to what you did the other night, um, if I make those, it is a toss up of, am I, you know, are people going to be like, oh, cool, we relate or, oh, cool, we don't. Or am I going to get attacked by 10 random dudes on the internet who are just tearing me apart and attacking like me as a woman specifically for showing that anger um, so it, it's kind of ridiculous, but it's, it's like, we both do have, um, weird societal like blocks and it's, pro- it's, you know, to a degree implanted in, I think everyone's head of like, you know, is this okay? Or how are people going to respond to it or whatever? But it's, it's very frustrating when I want to express anger and it's like, people are just going to be like, Oh, you, Oh, just some angry, bitter women. I bet X, Y, and Z is true about her. And they create this fucking false narrative. It's like, Mm. no, I'm just not a soft spoken fucking person. And if I feel some shit, I'm going to tell you and directness, even if I'm not being mad, if I'm just being direct, that'll trigger people too. I've seen people freak the fuck out. And I'm like, I wasn't even talking to you at all. Like, and like, did you even hear the message and what? So it's like that, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know, man, but it's, it's very fucking weird how we all kind of have this inner thing. Cause I know I do. And everyone I've spoken with on a below the surface level has, you know, acknowledged that to varying degrees of, you know, is this an appropriate way to express this feeling or is this too much or am I out of line for this? And it's like, damn, you know, I, I think a lot of problems would get solved if like we all had a way of sharing our emotions appropriately. And, but it's like, you know, like you said, like, how do you, how do you do that without collateral damage essentially, Mm -hmm. which, which is definitely a thing that I relate with heavily when it comes to anger, because I definitely used to be a rageaholic, especially when I first got sober, like it was, that's all I ran on was just that adrenaline. It was just Mm. constant for years, years. It took me, I've been sober 13 years. I don't think I calmed down until year six. That's a long fucking time. Wow. Yeah. I can relate. Um, not, not for six years, but for at least (laughs) maybe at least for three or four weeks, I was kind of in that, in that rage mode. And, um, I remember, you know, a, a woman that I know, a uh, very gifted kind of natural healer uh, who I'm, you know, I've known for a long time. She, w- you know, worked with me and and talked me through some breathing exercises mm-hmm. because I was just like, I was exhausted, but I was still angry. And, and I hadn't, I didn't realize it until I did it, but I hadn't yawned in weeks. Okay. Which is a weird thing. You don't notice that you haven't yawned. It's like making me want to yawn right now. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, go ahead. It feels good. It's good for you. But, 
<laughs> but she, you know, she worked with me this breathing exercise for a couple of minutes, and all of a sudden, this this epic yawn let it out. <laughs> I saw you. Yeah, I let out a pretty epic yawn myself. Yeah. This epic yawn came out, and it was so. It was like just relief. It was like relief. Um, and I, I, I like told her thank you and I hung up and I went to sleep and I slept for like, I don't know, 12 hours. And it was kind of bizarre, but at the same time, it all just kind of made sense at the time. It was like, I was feeling so much and it was hard to break the cycle of it. But luckily I had somebody who could help me. Um, but I, oh man. So another thought I had the going back to they live. Okay. So the main character starts out like what you were talking about with men. He starts out as a very stoic, very strong, just going about his business, not saying much, not bothering nobody uh, until he gets the glasses. And once he sees, he can't unsee. And he gets angry and he can't help but tell people about it. I found his character very interesting for those kind of that progression. Yeah, he he was a dynamic protagonist in that way. He he went from being a quiet, hardworking, stoic American man to being a revolutionary like that. And I thought that was kind of wild, you know, because I could relate to it. I could relate. Yeah, I can absolutely relate to that too. I'm gonna have to watch this movie like ASAP. I mean, I'm, ASAP. I'm glad I, I don't have I don't have to work tomorrow. I'm so happy. So, like, is it tomorrow is just a creative day? So I actually could probably watch some of that shit tonight because yeah. I don't have to wake up hella early and go into the city. So that's that's yeah, that is. Um, I appreciate you bringing that up too because. One of the, I mean, there's people like, like us and like tons of the people that were at SRF that we mm -hmm. mutually know, like I could, you know, name a whole gang of them, but like it, it, so many people that all feel the same way and all in their own unique way have found ways to channel it. And there's still some more so than others, but they're still very open about it, how they mm -hmm. feel, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they are not censoring themselves and you know, they're not on anybody's payroll, like none of that. So I love yeah, that shit. Yeah. Because it is so – that's why I feel like when I'm at those events, I'm out of the matrix. And notice how everybody is really nice and open. You can talk to anyone. It's like no one – it just seems like no one has their guard up. And then you go back to what we call real life, which is kind of the opposite. It's very artificial. And it's like uh, you can't just walk up to a stranger and be like, hey, so blah, blah. They're like, what the fuck? Get away from me. Yeah. But the weird thing that I see, which – to me, I think it's just fear um, is, is people having that. And I've actually experienced it to a degree when I was younger. Uh, but when you, I guess, get red pilled or in this movie's context, like put on a new pair of glasses and are mm -hmm. able to see through the charade and you have that reaction and you're like, I'm going to fucking tell everyone I'm going to do this, that, the third, I'm going to get in it. Cause that's a normal human response. What's not normal is to see that and have no response. That's fucking concerning. I don't give yeah. a fuck. That is that's sickening to me, but it, we see that every day. But this the 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 next phase of that is I'll see people go into that mode and kind of stay there for a number of years and then almost hit a wall 
And then they, they just retreat and they're like, you know what? I'm not thinking about any of this. I'm not, you know, whatever, whatever happens will just happen. Like, I'm just not going to think about it anymore. And they just boom, disconnect and just go back to, I mean, you can't really go back, but you, you can kind of try it. I think for a few years, maybe, but it's always going to eat at you. But that's another interesting phase. I think for people that are awake or truth seekers or whatever is just like, that's, that's also a weird phenomenon I've been noticing. It's like, I don't know if that's, I mean, they call it getting black pilled, like whatever it's, you know, I don't know what the fuck it is for everybody else, but I kind of wonder like, did that ever, did he in the movie, was he like running into the, the trials that come along with being essentially the canary in the coal mine? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I, I see more and more, uh, metaphors, from like individual scenes in this movie as we talk about it, but like he has to fight his friend to convince his friend to put on the glasses and, and his friend doesn't want to get involved, doesn't want to know the truth. And they beat the shit out of each other over the issue of whether or not like they would stay on the same page as friends catch my drift. Right? Like, And shit, um, when they finally, I, I hope this isn't too much spoilers. You're going to love this movie. No, 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 no. I'm still totally watching it. <laughs> um, they go to like, they finally like get plugged in with the rest of the people who can see. Okay. Like going to SRF for you and I. Mm-hmm. And when they walk in the door, you know, they're wearing their glasses the whole time on their way there. And if you wear the glasses too long, they give you a headache. Because it's really challenging to to be in an artificial world and see the truth underneath it. But when they get to the meeting with all the other people that know, the lady at the door says, you know, you can take those off. We're all humans here. And they take them off. And, you know, it's just like, it's just like, that's what it felt like to be at, a, at SRF. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why cultivating those spaces is so important. I, I've experienced it at SRF. I experienced it uh, when Billy and William Bond from Permapastures Farm did the swale workshop mm-hmm. um, up there for them. Because that, that was still a weekend long thing. Like all of us were up there for multiple days. So obviously you're all still talking and you know, and then um, I went to another festival right before that, right when I moved out here, it was in Texas. It was called Float Fest. And it was, oh man, yeah, I've heard of it. I'd love to go. Dude, love to go. Yeah. We got it when they do, cause I know they'll be doing it again. Like we got, it, it is so fucking epic. Like the people yeah. I met there and this was eight months ago at this point, we still talk like well, I went, regularly. I went to Childerberg. So, you know, it's like, it might be hard to to do oh, both. Where is Childerberg? What? Childerberg is the tits. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Holy shit. Have you heard of it or no? No, but I mean oh, obviously man. I understand it's a playoff from Bilderberg group. So yes. I'm like, who the fuck yes. is putting this one? This has got to be the best one. Dude, it, it seriously might be the best one. Um, I have not been to float, so I can't say for certain. Uh, but there's a lot of overlap between Float and Childerberg. They're, they they fall close together, I think, but not close enough for me to be able to be in Texas for, you know, three weeks straight or something. But mm-hmm. um, Childerberg, it, it was at the Horseshoe Bend Recreation Area. It's kind of like between Texas and San Antonio, I think. Or I'm sorry, 
between uh, Waco and San Antonio. Okay, so in Texas. Okay, cool. Um, but it, it's basically just an anarchy, like a pop-up anarchy village. There's very little programming or planning. You know, there was a, you know, one of the nights we kind of went off-site to a, a distillery and there was uh, Robbie the Fire Bernstein doing stand-up comedy, some musicians. Um, you, know, you could probably perform. You know, they're, they, they're moving it, though, because it was on public, you know, it was a state-run campground. And there was always this kind of like, eh, you know, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the boat police would go by. It was right on the, the Colorado Um I guess it's like the Eastern Colorado or, or not the, what, I don't know. It's a fucking whatever, <laughs> <laughs> but they're moving it to a new pro like a private property, I guess it's not for sure, for sure, but it sounds pretty much locked in. So yeah, I mean, it just, it was probably 300 people or so popped up, you know, vendors that just are selling whatever, um, this and that and the other, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it was, it was like the best time ever. You know, if, if SOE or I'm sorry, if uh, SRF is like training, Childerberg is R and R, you know? Damn. Okay. So that's something that I need to go to. Like, I yeah. don't know when, it, if you, but yeah, put me in touch with like, if, if, they, if I can follow them somewhere or find out yeah. when the next one is, but yeah, I love, I fucking love all of the, whatever you want to call them, festivals, gatherings, whatever. But that shit is so important because like we get to go there and meet each other and know that we're not the only ones. And there's, I have so many friends still in like the really major cities in this country that are of the same mindset, but they think they're, they, it's so fucking heartbreaking when everyone around you is just constantly telling you you're crazy, you're nuts, that's not real. And so it's like, I'm like, dude, you're not fucking crazy. Like you're not, you're just in the middle of fucking Babylon. Like you need to get the fuck out of there, but Mm -hmm. they don't know where to start. Or they think that maybe there aren't as many people on the whole planet really as there are that are awake to what the fuck is going on and having a desire to transcend the bullshit and build something different. So it's very important. I think that, that all of us are gathering. I mean, the P- the actual fucking Bilderbergers still fucking meet. You know what I mean? It was yeah, like, yeah. So doing that, like, they do that for a reason in well, person. Like, and, and it falls. I I think. Excuse me. <clears throat> it falls the same weekend. Oh. So the whole time, yeah. So I actually I did an episode from down there. You should you should check it out. It was a really kick ass episode. I interviewed probably you know it's just like the one I did at self-reliance fest the first time. And I, I don't think you were there the first time. Were you? I actually was. That was when I just, well, wait, first time. Are you talking about the one in June? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, yeah, that was right when I, right after I moved to Tennessee. So I did go, but you didn't perform. No, uh -uh. I I don't think they did music that to that, that weekend. No, they Um, did not. I was, I remember them asking me about would I do it for the next one. And if, obviously I said yes, but that was my first time meeting everyone in, in person because yeah. I had just showed up and I went by myself. Like I didn't fucking know anybody out here. So, <laughs> so I, the, the, the one in June, I guess you and I didn't cross paths, Yeah, but who cares? We met at the next one. Um, but I, I interviewed like a dozen people at SRF 
<clears throat> and then I uh, caught little snippets of people's lectures, you know, versus the next one. I did kind of that, uh, you know, women of self-reliance fest episode, but I did one for Childerberg, two parts, just little random interviews, some super serious, some super, super silly. Um, and I probably talked to 20 people, you know, between those two episodes. So if you want to get a vibe on what Childerberg's like, that's a very good, like little cross section of the culture, but you can, you can almost infer what it's like. It was, it was awesome. Um, but you're right though. It's, it's easy to be convinced that we're isolated, that we're all by ourselves in this thinking. And it's just super, super not true. Like we're not crazy. They're crazy. They just don't know it. Yeah. Crazy people don't know they're fucking crazy. Um, and, like, and, if, and if you are crazy and you're like, I'm fucking crazy, then, you know, you're halfway to not being that, I, you know, cause I know that I can, I have my fucking moments where I am 10 sheets to the fucking wind. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I have, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I'm not like a, fucking a little, a little batshit crazy every now and again. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. And you snap out of it and then you're like, Oh my God, like what the fuck did I just do? Or like, wow, that <laughs> yeah. was really excessive. Like, holy shit. Yeah. So, or I'll catch it sometimes, you know what I mean? And, and not don't send that or like, don't fucking say that like <laughs> right when I was about to. I'm, and then like, like at the end of the day, I'm like, holy shit. I'm so glad I didn't fucking say that to that person. Yeah. Yeah. We all got, you know, but it's not, it's not like, you know, what, what we see with, um, I mean, I hate it cause I hate to other people and like further the division because I know that's part of the fucking agenda, but my God is that it, it is such a hard path to navigate how, you know what I mean? Because when it's your own kin, your own people, you came up with your own fucking family, your own blood, like being part of that shit and not giving a fuck that like you're being basically cast out of society. People are wishing death on you. They might even wish death on you too. I mean, it's like, that is a fucking hard thing to truly like, like how do you handle that? You know what I mean? With like, It's like, you don't want to go down to their level, but at the same time, like you're still going to have a fucking reaction. Yeah. Well, it's, it's very hard and it's, yeah, for the people that are still in those environments, um, I see a lot of suffering just because of that alone and it sucks. I wish I had the, the, you know, the, the resources to just, you know, airlift everyone out and be like, here's a house here. You're safe here. You don't have to pay for anything. Like you can just get the fuck out now, but you know, I'm not there yet. So no. well, I, I, I couldn't agree with what you've just said anymore. Um, yeah, it's just it is difficult to know how to proceed uh, when it comes to those kind of strained relationships. Right. Yeah, I think we all are kind of there in one way or another. Um, but I tell you what, I think I, I want to ask you, first of all, if you're cool with like going for a while more. Yeah, yeah. We're, I'm fine. We're com coming up on an hour. Um, we've played one song out of four that I'd like to play. <laughs> Um, but let's play psycho now after talking about, you know, who's crazy and who isn't let's, let's listen to psycho, right? Yeah. I'll listen to it. I'll pretend I don't know who it's about. See, see, see what it sounds like now. Huh? <laughs> Have you not heard, you, you haven't listened to it in a while? No, I'm trying to remember if I performed it at SRF. I think I did. You um, might've, I, I, I can't. Can't remember. Yeah. I don't know. It was a. It was that was an that set was over an hour, so I have no idea. But yeah, no, I haven't listened to that song in a long time. Well, here we go, Psycho.
successes in surviving Bitch. Satan's high beams Can I get a live stream? Yeah. I'ma bless you with a nightmare you could never conceive <laughs> He's a boy behind a man's face Fuck boy grade A Build you up just to spit on your grave Desperate as fuck Faking the funk for full security Looking like bad luck My lips locked, he knows what I mean So avoid population Your sickness is contagious and it's a must Get yourself a psychiatrist I give love to my real ones These psychos need extinction Real ones are diamonds in the rough But we illuminate snakes with a shining you belligerently won't look at his own shortcomings ignorant rigidity do anything to make you feel crazy everything is all your fault he never did nothing at all makes you feel insane thinking that they were something special Psycho. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, I hadn't, I don't think I had heard that one. I, I don't believe you played that at, at self-reliance. Cause I think I heard it. Um, it was not one of the first of your tracks that I got familiar with. Cause it's not, you know, it's not the most recent, it's not the top listened to, but I really, really like it. Um, there was a, there was a line about, um, something about a rainbow, can you remind me or am I, I saw where about where it was. Oh yeah. I said, he'll tear you apart and then act like it's all rainbows. Yes. Yes. So that is basically, I was referring to like kind of textbook, like actual narcissistic behavior. I don't mean like somebody who's in their ego. all that. No, I mean like real, like real deal. Um, that's, you know, they're capable of much worse. I'll say that, but, um, that's like textbook shit, you know, of they can literally destroy who you are as a human and like rage on you on a level that you've like, for me to say this is impressive on a level that you've never even fucking 
felt like the energy just doesn't even feel like fucking human. It's so fucking crazy. And they can just literally tear you apart for everything. Go for every little sensitive thing they know will fuck with you the most. They can do all kinds of crazy shit, create all kinds of chaos in your life. And then boom, like a, a minute or a second later, act like none of that happened. Nothing is wrong. And they, they especially didn't do anything wrong. And then if you bring it up, God help you because you're going to get a wrath like that is very unique to that archetype. But uh, yeah, that's, that's real shit. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's about gaslighting. It's about rage and, and the lack of reconciliation. It all. No remorse, zero accountability. Well, I know you, did you say that came out early, early in COVID, right? Uh, before COVID before. actually. Yeah, it was in 2019. So that came out, mm, I want to say the spring of 2019. It was a couple months before I moved to LA. Um, gotcha. So, gotcha. And then I was in LA for, I was on the outskirts, so not in dead ass LA and then for like a few months. And then I moved into actual LA and then 10 weeks later COVID hit. But yeah, so that's the timeline on that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that can be applied to what we're seeing now and even what your Instagram video was about, honestly. Right, I mean, right. that's the same fucking behavior of like, yeah, we just like tore your fucking life apart and like dragged you and berated you and cast you out from society and prayed for your death. But what are you talking about? No, we fucking didn't. Shut up. You know, it's we see that all the time. Well, it doesn't surprise me that a lot of cops are wife abusers. And it doesn't surprise me that the general behavior of the of the bureaucracy is that of an abusive spouse or partner mm-hmm. uh, who takes and takes and gives very, very little back, but enough to keep you on the hook, keep you dependent, keep you in their pocket, you know, and um, right before they tighten up the choke chain again. Yep. Yeah. And so I think that that song to me sounds like you could have written it yesterday, you know? Well, that's, fucking, <laughs> I mean, that's like, damn, you know, I didn't think I was going to write something timeless that could be applicable to, to, to the broader collective, but oops, you know what I mean? Whoops. Because yeah, that is. And I've, I've actually heard people say that. And I've thought the same thing where it's like, Dude, the relationship that we have to the government and to mainstream media and even to the medical establishment, pharmaceutical companies, like anything where there is a power structure, it literally reminds me of an abusive relationship. And I feel like a lot of these people that, you know, were wanting us to die or whatever for not taking participating in an experiment. I was like, you motherfuckers have Stockholm syndrome. Like what in the living fuck are you doing? Because a a lot of these people before COVID, they fucking were relative. Some of them were relatively anti-government, anti-establishment, anti-police. Like they were not like that at all. So to see a fucking total 180 of just this weird lapdog statist bullshit, I'm just like, what the, okay. The, the spell is still in effect and it's been very effective on many people. That's kind of what I see it as is people are under a fucking spell and it just keeps getting pumped into them every fucking day. Yeah. The propaganda has worked. Um, Yeah. You know, like it worked on me for a time, not necessarily like COVID. I mean, I, whatever, like anybody else, the first couple weeks I was as I in the, in the dark as anybody, but it didn't take me very long to start smelling bullshit. Um, But the propaganda worked on me. Like when I was in college about 
sort of climate change and, and, um, you know, I kind of got pulled to the left and, you know, so I understand how, if the message is always, you know, you're responsible for the fate of the whole world, let's say, if that propaganda sinks in to the point where this illness is then weaponized to say, you know, you have the power to save the world and all you have to do is stay home. All you have to do is take a shot. All you have to take, all you have to do is take three shots. All you have to do is wear the mask, you know? Um, and you can feel like a good person who's saving the world when in reality, you're not, you're just not, you're doing next to nothing except causing yourself harm and, and getting, excuse me, getting more and more dependent on their system. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope that all made sense. I kind of. No, it, it did a hundred percent. Cause I, I think a lot of people, I mean, especially when you're dealing with a population that you have isolated and kind of wrecked everyone's social skills. And a lot of people were stuck at the house or whatever. And a lot, they weren't at their jobs. I mean, and so you have people that might've had even purpose or maybe their identity was misplaced. Maybe they didn't know who the fuck they were in the first place. You take away their job, their routine, everything they know. And they're like, well, now what the fuck? And then you're like, here, you get to be a hero now. Like yeah, you get to be the yeah. one who's who's on the right side of history to where we're like, we don't give a fuck. We just aren't participating in, you know, what I, you could arguably make the case for genocide, for sure tyranny. And we want you to leave us the fuck alone. Like we're not doing it to be like virtuous. We're just like, this is a fucking crime against humanity. And I'll be, I'm not participating in it. Like mm-hmm. you can take it many ways, but- but I do think that that there it was um, really drilled into people's heads, and they like just like Operation Mockingbird. That shit started, you know, back in World War II that we know of. For all I know, it could have been even older. I don't know, but allegedly that's when it started. I th- it's just so perfected that I've never seen a better example because I would talk to people I knew personally, and all of a sudden everything that was coming out of their mouth was what you would hear on the news. And I'm like, this isn't even you talking. Like you don't even use those fucking words. It doesn't even make sense. So it's, I mean, it worked. It gave people an identity, a cause. It gave them a channel to channel their frustration, rage, grief, whatever you want to say, their trauma really from, from this whole experience. Mm -hmm. And the government gave them a bad guy. And it was us as opposed to the people that were literally doing it. Like yeah, all yeah. of it. It's like, no, don't look at us. Look at the people who won't do what we say, because you can have all your goodies back and all your rights back and your old life back. If you just do what we say. And if you do what we say, you're saving everyone. And we're doing this for your safety. So it just, I mean, it's, I can, I can, on one hand, I'm like, how the fuck did they not see through that? And on the other hand, I can totally see how someone would fall for that. If that's all that was being, you know, berated at them. And then their community around them was became an echo chamber for it. And that all of a sudden became a thing to do and a persona to, to be because I don't know, maybe when the plug got pulled on so-called normal life and people go into their jobs and, you know, doing all the things that people attach their egos and identities to, it might've been like, you know, they didn't know who the fuck they were anymore because all the, because th- people are very quick to associate who they are with what they do. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, well, those are different things. Um, so it kind of put people in like a really weird mental space, like on, on all fronts. So, um, I had like a flashback to high school (laughs) and bear with me, but, um, I, I see what you're getting at is, you know, basically all this propaganda is geared towards making people compliant. Okay. It's all about compliance. And it doesn't matter what the topic at hand or the issue at hand is. If you stand against it, if you don't comply, you will be demonized. You are the enemy. You know, we want to create a society of people who do as they're told, right? Domesticated human beings, cattle, right? Human cattle. And I, I, I was thinking about high school and how things were, at least for me and my friends. Okay. And the thing about like a teenager is they're naturally rebellious to some extent. They have not been beaten into submission fully quite yet, but the school system is inherently geared towards doing that. And when I was in high school, they would bring drug dogs to sniff up and down the halls, all the lockers, uh, sniff out in the parking lot, you know, all the cars and bust people for pot. Right. And they busted a friend of mine, even though he didn't really have any pot. He had an empty Ziploc baggie that they swabbed. You know, it had some like little itty bitty bits of pot in there. And they kicked him out of school, even though he was about to graduate like three months, two months later. And they they told him, you know, he's one of my best friends. So I trust what he told me. But they pulled him into the office. You know, it's the the dean of students, the school liaison officer, and the fucking principal. And the principal was actually cool, generally speaking. But, you know, apparently her hands were tied. And the whole the whole thing was, you need to give us names of the people that you buy or smoke pot, you know, with. And he wouldn't give them any names. They said, give us some names and you'll be suspended for a week. He said, fuck you. And they kicked him out of school. You know, and it's just like, for what, for what, right? Like giving an 18 year old kid a disadvantage over an empty Ziploc baggie. Um, and, and the whole point is compliance and do what we say and tell us what we want to know or else or fucking else. And it, it doesn't matter if they're right. They'll, you know, they can be wrong all day, but they'll never fucking admit it. Yeah, it is. That is fucking completely ass backwards. And the same can be said with, I think, the criminal justice system and especially the juvenile justice system is so fucked. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like I could I, I mean, I, I won't even go down that rabbit hole because I have personal experience with how fucked it is. But like. Uh, like what people, what people do to kids that won't comply or cooperate is, is insane. Mm-hmm. What they still get away with. I'm like, why aren't all these people in prison? Nope, they're not. So whatever. But, um, but yeah, it has nothing to do with them giving a shit about the kid or, or how being concerned, you know, if that was the case, why the fuck would you kick him out of fucking school? But yeah, I mean, I, I had that happen. I've been kicked out of 
a couple different schools actually. So yeah, I mean, never was it was any of the teachers like, Hey, what's wrong? Like, why are you acting like this? Like, is something going on? Cause that answer would have been, uh, well, if I would have told him, you know, you absolutely, there's some mm-hmm. serious shit going on, but instead it's just like, you're a bad kid. You're not, you don't listen. We can't control you. And you, you know, you might influence the other students. So you're gone. And then, you know, boom, you're expelled or boom, you're chronically suspended, you know, whatever. Or, but or boom, you're medicated. Boom. That's you're- a big one. Yeah. That, yeah especially for kids, dude. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually did a podcast. That was my, my last uh, podcast episode was about, like, I, I went off on that and I shared an experience of mine that I have not, never shared anywhere else. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to share about this situation. Like obviously amongst friends, you know, they know, but, um, on a public platform, I've never told that story, but I was like, I'm going to fucking tell this story because it's relevant to the headline I initially was responding to, which is, you know, there are certain countries right now that are putting it into legislation that they can force medicate you or put you in a psych ward if you refuse the medications for questioning COVID narratives or being their thing was be those who are vaccine hesitant. Um, they were like, they need psychiatric medications and they, they might need psychotherapy and they need to know that they're, they, they have paranoid delusions. And I'm like, what the fuck? But it's yeah, a this, very, very dangerous game to play. Oh, dude, It is so beyond like, cause I was like, yo, and that's why I shared an experience I had when I was a kid and was force medicated mm-hmm. and had bad shit fucking happen. Um, and that was because I was not compliant with what the fuck they wanted me to do. It's like, well, there's a reason for that. Did you ever ask me what the fuck was, you know, they could, they could have done that and figured out, Oh, this kid is acting out because all this shit is going on. But no, they don't give a fuck. They just want you to sit down, shut up, do what you're told, be predictable, do not influence others to, you know, make our fucking job harder by telling you what to do because, you know, that's that will happen. So yeah, they will they will they'll, they'll fucking give kids drugs that are blacklisted for people under 18 because of how suicidal it makes them. Right. I mean, it's and then they wonder why, you know, fucking suicides in young people, people as young as 10, 8, 12, I hear about this shit still is going on it's there's multiple reasons but in almost every case i've heard of uh medication was like the kid was on um some type of meds it's like well those are literally shown by the manufacturers themselves at this point they admit it to cause and increase suicidal behavior and ideations like i don't know how it does that but it does how about how about i don't think they admit it but I'm pretty sure it's true. How about homicidal ideations? Oh, a hundred fucking. I want to know. I want to know what fucking psychotropic drugs every one of these goddamn school shooters is on. Yep, and isn't it like hasn't it always been the case that they're always on something too? I don't know if we really ever get that information. You know, I don't know if that's public knowledge because you know they have, I guess, patient you know, doctor confidentiality, just like anybody else. But um, I think that's pertinent information for the public to know. Well, I, what I, what I did learn, cause I didn't know this until um, somewhat recently is that medical records are only like if a crime gets committed and like people get hurt or whatever, then 
your medical records can be used against you in court. Like they can for sure become public. That makes sense. And maybe they have, maybe they have, but they don't seem to want to report on it. No, no. I mean, because if they did, that's bad for their business. I mean, that's, that is one of the largest businesses on this fucking planet. So if people knew that these trusted doctors and members of schools even were giving kids medication that the makers are well aware cause suicidal and homicidal behaviors and ideations and, and royally fuck you up. They would be like, I mean, they would lose their shit. Like I would hope so at least. Right. But people have been, um, I, I metaphorically castrated to a pretty great degree. So I don't know, maybe they wouldn't be as resistant nowadays, but you would think that they would and that that would shatter trust in all of our institutions and in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, there's no way they're going to fucking let that information out. Or maybe they will like one day down the line and be like, see, nobody's reacting anymore just to test, you know, if, if humans still have their humanity in them or, or if they are, like you said, the cattle, which is so often what these people refer to us as. Well, you know what, what caused the domestication of cows in particular, other animals, um, but cows in particular, they culled the aggressive males. I mean, you know, we still have a bull and a bull is still fairly aggressive, but the most aggressive, they, they killed them. They, they selected for domicile. uh, That's not the right word. Um, domiciles yeah docile Um, docile docile animals and you know that's what they're trying to do with people too they're trying to you know that's why certain things are kept illegal because free thinking and and um people who are willing to break a, a, a rule as seemingly innocent as like smoking pot or selling pot let's say I don't think there's such a thing as a stupid drug dealer in order to make money selling at least, you know, maybe it depends on the drug, right? And it depends. There's, there's stupid drug dealers, but they probably don't make it very far to sell pot and make a profit. Uh, doesn't, you know, that's, that's no small thing that takes some brains. And I know this because I know some pot dealers that go to great lengths and they're smart dudes. They're savvy. And they're smart enough to recognize a bullshit rule and disobey it. And that's, I think that's the main reason that they keep pot illegal is because anybody that's willing to break that rule and exercise their own freedom in that way is a threat, not because they're selling pot, but because they're free, if that makes sense. And they're, they're, they're unable to be controlled. Yeah, that is, I mean, we're, we're watching that literally in real time right now that, cause there is, it's so fucking stupid the way it's working too, but there's, there's an, a, an outright attack on what one would refer to as, I guess, traditional gender roles. But I also do feel like I witness a war on masculinity in particular, mm-hmm. but then in all the noise, people forget what the fuck masculinity actually means and doesn't mean and then you see a rubber band effect that manifests itself as like just hating women and just wanting to like bash on them i'm like that's not masculine you fucking idiot but 
you know, but they're frustrated, you know, cause they feel like demoralized or like they get criticized for, you know, showing that side of themselves. So it's like, and they have, a, there's a lot of slimy dirtbag people that see this going on. Uh, cause I watch these motherfuckers, they see it going on and then they like swivel in to be like, Oh, well I can take advantage and like captivate these, you know, lost, hopeless feeling young men and get, you know, and they're just doing it for the fucking money. You know, I see that shit. And then I see people who very few, very few, but I see some people who are, who do it genuinely in my belief and aren't doing it fucking recklessly, but there's a huge fucking problem with that. And I, I see it all the time. And it, it almost seems like we're seeing a lot of role reversal shit going on as well. And it's like, you could, you could frame that as good or bad, but I, I'm specifically talking about the situations where it does not go well at all. Like I'm not talking about, I'm not saying that like women shouldn't be able to do this or men shouldn't be able to do that. That's not what I'm fucking saying. Like there's a light and a shadow side to everything, but the way it's being yielded, I think is for that purpose. And if you read, for those who have read either Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, or if you've read Behold a Pale Horse, it's like in the beginning, um, they talk about that. That was like what they talked about at the first fucking Bilderberg group meeting, allegedly, that was part of it, was like, in order to break down the family system and make them consumers and controllable and have the state be in control of the kids, be, we have to separate the parents, you got to disarm them, especially the, the man. And you also bringing both genders to the workforce was part of that too. They, they, when in their, in this document, they referred to their children as being occupational orphans of the state. And they were like, and this is perfect because then they'll come to our programs and then blah, 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 you know, but they, they do break down, like in order to control the population, we really do have to have everybody in kind of a broken down state where they're dependent upon us. And if you have, strong male figures that are in touch with their masculine side, or if you have strong like female figures that are in touch with their like true femininity and you have both of those things, which are very fucking magical. And we really need that. You can't, you're not going to get to the kids and you're damn sure not going to control the fucking adults either. Um, but, but if you destroy that shit, absolutely. And that's, I feel like we're, we're seeing that like accelerated greatly. It's, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I agree. There's definitely like a focused, um, war on masculinity, but I think there's equally and you know, the opposite mm -hmm. with, with, with women and, um, yeah, because, I've met some powerful women, you among them. And, um, you know, some like mama bear types, whether or not they have children, but like that protective maternal instinct to be like, no, don't fuck with, with us. Like, you know, it, aggression and anger. These are not exclusively male traits. You know, oh, absolutely not. No, look at, look at nature. I mean, the, the, the female is often more dangerous than the male mm -hmm. if you piss them off <laughs> you know and i think people are that way too um so yeah i mean it's basically kind of like you said like this this focused effort to strip away what makes us powerful and makes us you know i'll use the word divine you know like the divine feminine energy and the divine masculine in partnership 
is a very powerful and resilient thing. And they don't like that. They don't, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, um, if you have any thoughts, share, but I want to play the lie we live. Speaking of masculine feminine. Oh, that's a fucking great segue into that. Yeah. Let's just play that. Cause we were kind (laughs) of me and the other rapper on that newborn, um, we wrote that literally because we were like, what the fuck is going on with everybody having these ridiculously toxic relationships and these mm-hmm. weird ass gender wars? And it's like, we're just, it's the same argument. I don't care who the two people are. It's everybody's having the same fight and running into the same block. But underneath it all, they're all like really having the same unmet need or having the same unquelled fear or whatever. So yeah, that's why we did that song. Because it's, cool. it's like it's, it's cool. all bullshit, the shit that we do on the surface. It's all just to like save, you know, to protect egos and you know, protect wounds, basically. Well, and before I play it, I'll say, um, you know, there's a lot of toxic men, and there's just as many toxic women. Yeah, a hundred percent. I and, agree with that. And it's kind of like I think what makes a man or a woman toxic in a relationship is a lack of appreciation for the other, you know, and uh, you know, it's a lack of balance. It's a power dynamic. It's a, it's, it's tyranny, you know, Mm -hmm. excuse me. So I am going to play it. I think we're, we're ready. If that's cool with you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. Um, hang on. Find my phone. There it is. Okay. That was fun. Um, You and I forget her name, but when you guys did this at SRF. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was her name? Uh, Tasha, I think her name was. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I still, fuck, I still got to go through some footage and like make a fucking video. It's just so hard to find the time Mm -hmm. to do it. And I still haven't gotten the footage back from the actual people that had cameras either. That would be a lot easier. Yeah, I saw you posted some stuff, but it was all like cell phone footage. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, ah, but yeah, she hasn't like processed any of the stuff from the show or whatever. And I was like, you can just send it to me. And she was gonna, and I, I should probably check back with her actually. Yeah about that cool all right here we go the lie we live so it's testimona and newborn Mm -hmm. here we go you stand before me a grown man with a child's
I can't take another blow And humans I can't control If I don't face the one in the mirror I won't live much more oh. A blast from the past is this really my future Insanity's running in circles I'm scared in the mask only makes me feel better I can't open up, I don't wanna be vulnerable We need to just stop or just get it together These lies that we live are they just a vendetta I know that I'm wrong in my ways But it's hard to just change I want it just all to be better We sell our soul to uphold the lie we live Shit is fire. <laughs> I love that song. I really do. I really do. Um, yeah. And I have to say, we did one hell of a job setting it up. Like, yeah, dude. That was, that was, wow. Yeah, I know that segued flawlessly into that. <laughs> well, I'm just like, I was reading the, I was reading the lyrics because I'm using YouTube. Right. Yeah. And you've got oh, your yeah, video. Lyric video. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a lyric video for that. And um, I mean, the bowl to the matador. I mean, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I don't know. I was watching and I'm like, damn, uh, I didn't do that on purpose. But this conversation is divinely inspired. I'm pretty fucking sure. Yeah. I, uh, there's been many serendipitous moments where I'm like, hmm. The, yeah. Not an accident. So, <laughs> so yeah, I know. But that was fucking crazy though bold to the matador yeah another way to control wild savage animals too is just like look over here run over here mm-hmm. <laughs> basically yeah and then just give it yeah take advantage of how powerful its own aggression is and use it against it i am not your enemy this fabric this illusion is your enemy stab 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 yeah Yeah, exactly yeah it's like they're like oh well if it gets belligerently enraged it's gonna get tunnel vision we'll lead it to the right to the fucking slaughter basically so do i have it kind of right um you know tell me if i'm wrong but 
that song, it sounds very, as opposed to Psycho, this one sounds more, to me at least, um, broad, more generalized, more a man talking to a woman in the hypothetical kind of space. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that that's how we wrote it basically. Cause we actually didn't know well, well, we knew of each other, but we did not have a friendship like at all. We didn't know each other until we sat down and we're like, okay, let's collab. And then we just wrote the fucking song together. So wow. like I would do my verse, then he'd do a response verse and then I would respond. And then he would, re- so we just wrote it like that, like back and forth in real time. Um, so, but yeah, it was, we did want to kind of showcase the typical common toxic dynamic and then get to what's underneath that because hopefully somebody can hear it and maybe it'll help some people in, in relationships that are like, you know, in that, you know, cycle of always fighting with each other or not being fucking honest and then expecting the other person to read their fucking mind, you know, whatever list goes on. Yeah, because like both both characters, it's very it's a it's a balanced song. Like both characters are flawed at the beginning, well, and and throughout, but at the end, it does it's it leaves me with kind of a hopeful note where um, it's like the you know his verse uh, where he says something about like I know I'm fucked up, but I'm ready. I'm 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 willing to work on it. I'm here. You know something to that effect, and. Um, you know, of course, sometimes that's just telling people what they want to hear. But if it's authentic, if it's real, you know, we're all broken people. Um, we all have shit to get better about. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think you guys, if that was truly like you'd never met, you just collaborated. That's again, that's serendipity. That's divine. That's amazing. It actually is pretty nuts that we were because, yeah, we we literally had we knew of each other because we're both from the same hometown, right? Oh, cool. And cool. When, when we did this song, it was when I left LA and went back to my hometown before I moved to Tennessee. So we, you know, we knew of each other because we kind of had run in similar circles in the past, but mm-hmm. I don't actually have any memories of like talking to him or hanging out with him. Like we just knew the same people. Um, and yeah, so and like you might have you might have brushed shoulders, but you never had actually met. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we we knew who the other one was, and then of course with music, like we come from the place we come from is not that big. So if you make me that, if, especially if you make hip hop, you know everybody knows each other. Yeah. So um, so you know we knew of each other, but we we just met, decided to meet up one day, and we first discussed the song concept, and we we're like, okay, we want to do this. And then we met the next day to write it and then met again the next day to record it. And it was like, that was how boom, fast boom. that happened. It was wow. fucking crazy. Yeah. Cool. You know, it, it halfway reminds me of Billy Bond and Jack Spierko and them. Did you hear this story? Were you listening? Um, <clears throat> they seem to think that they sat and had a beer together like 20, 30 years ago or something. Um, like when they were both in the mi- military. Uh, and now they're like collaborating and they're friends. Uh, but they're pretty sure, like, I think they both were stationed for a time, like at the same place. And they probably like 
you know, they, they think they might've chatted at one point. They're not sure, but in that wild, that is, I never knew that. That is so <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. And then, yeah. I mean, sometimes I think that if you could go back in time, cause this is how magical life is to where you're like, okay, there's gotta be, you know, something way more to it than we understand or see because shit like that is just nuts. Like if you could go back in time and tell that person, Hey, guess what? 30 years from now, you guys are both going to be doing all this shit together. That has nothing to do with what you're doing right now. <laughs> like yeah. that would just be, and I'm sure we have those fucking stories too, where it's like, Whoa, if you would have told me that, like back then that this is where it was going, like I would have never fucking believed you. It's well, crazy. It's, it's funny. You know, I didn't, I didn't really write any kind of like outline. I, I wrote like five or six little bullets, um, to prepare for this. Uh, and it's funny, you know, so we've hit most of them. Um, but I wrote road to music feelings about lockdowns. And then I have the occult. Oh yes. And I don't know if the occult's the right way to say it, but let's say, um, uh, the supernatural, the, the spiritual, um, I don't know, choose your, choose your word. But I, I have come to have a harder and harder time denying the existence of some kind of supernatural spiritual force, you know, good and evil, God and the devil. I don't know. But moments where little like miracles happen, like we're talking about. Um, And when when people seem to be operating with some level of guidance, okay, I've I've seen it enough times. I just I can't deny it. And I have a an example. Um, Me and a friend, we took a, a road trip out to Utah. I lived in Utah for a year and I had friends out there. And one of them is, you know, he was building a a retirement home. You know, he's an older friend, him and his wife are both about to retire. And he wanted some help for a couple weeks building, you know, finishing the house. Um, so me and my friend, we pack our gear, we bring some tools, we drive from Indiana to Utah. We break down like two hours from the destination. We don't fully break down, but my truck springs a massive leak. I'll try to make this long story as short as I can, but these are important details. So we, we limp our way to my friend's place where the house is being built and he's already got a garage, you know, finished. And I had called him. I said, Hey man, you know, we're still coming, but my truck is in sorry shape. Can I use your garage while we're there? He said, yeah, sure thing. So he, you know, he pushes, he's got an old Alfa Romeo. He pushed it out of the garage. We pull my truck in. We worked on it at night, worked on the house during the day for about a week, week and a half, you know, got it fixed. Me and my friend decide, all right, let's go have some fun. Let's go for a hike. We've worked hard. We've driven a long ways. Let's go for a badass hike. So we picked one of the more, not um, difficult, but exposed sort of dangerous hikes. And (laughs) 
We drive down to it. It's like way in the boonies. This is a big, big area. And we go through this canyon and we might have had a little LSD and we climb up. You know, it's a big loop where you go up the canyon, you climb onto the rim and you hike the rim back to the trailhead. And we're up there just having the time of our lives. The sun's going down, you know, beauty that you can't even describe. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I realize, oh, shit, the sun just went down. And we're really fucking exposed up here. And we had headlamps and we had, you know, jackets, like temperatures dropping. It's winter. Um, but I'm like, we got to get the fuck off of this rim ASAP. Like we're losing daylight quick. And we're on this really sketchy section. It's that weird time of twilight where I don't know if you've ever kind of experienced this, but. I feel like when I'm driving at twilight, I have a harder time seeing than I do in darkness with my headlights. You know, it's like my headlights do nothing, but it's very difficult to see. You know, it's that weird stage of in between. And so we have our headlamps on, but it's 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 sketchy. We just can't really see very well, but we have footsteps. You know, there's patches of snow. And we're, we're, we're basically tracking somebody who had already done this hike very, very recently. You know, there wasn't much snow, but it, it probably only fell like a few days before. Long story short, we follow these footsteps out. There's a couple moments where I, you know, it's like if I had made one move, I could have slid off the side of that ridge and been dead, you know, 10 seconds later. But we get down, we get back, we get in the truck, we drive home, we sleep. A few days later, we go up to Salt Lake City. We visit with a friend of ours from college. And she says, you know, I was just down. It's funny y'all came from Capitol Reef. I was just down there. I just went hiking like six days ago. And I said, which hike? She said, she says, upper muley twist. I go, no fucking way. I said, we were following your fucking footsteps. What? So you, oh my God. So you met the fucking person that was responsible for you guys essentially getting out of there. We had known her for years. Whoa. But I knew her from college in Indiana. She lived in Salt Lake City. We're in Southern Utah doing some random hike. And she had just been there like a day or two before. And it's a very, very remote place. She was, she was the only other person to hike this trail, probably for a month, if I had to guess. And if her footsteps were not there, I don't know. I don't know. It would have been much, much sketchier. She was our guiding light. Okay, so yeah, stories like that, because that, that makes it even more intense, where it's like none of you guys even lived in the area or what the fuck ever, and... Yep. Whoa. Yeah, that's super crazy. Yeah. And it's one of it's one of the few times I'm not trying to exaggerate. Like I was very scared. Very scared. You know, when it got dark, it got very, very scary. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. We well, yeah. not not imaginary. There's a you know, like there's a boogeyman in the darkness. No, like if we make one wrong step, we're dead. <laughs> you know. Yes, I actually, I am familiar with that type of fear. It's fucking, it's, it's nuts. It's absolutely mm -hmm. insane. 
So yeah, that, wow, that's fucking wild. I mean, yeah, I've got, I've got some stories like that too, that have been kind of the reason for why I believe in, you know, it's why I'm not an atheist. We'll put it that way. Like I don't, I'm not a member of a particular religion, but I absolutely have my own beliefs and they're, they're constantly expanding and, you know, learning and changing as we interact with this universe. But a hundred percent, like there's just like with that, with your story or whatever, there's shit I've been through that, that is just too fucking weird to be explained any other type of way or surviving certain events. That's like, that's not really possible. Like what the fuck? Mm -hmm. But for some reason it is, you know? So once you, once you go through enough things like that, it's like, and then you start to see how everything is fucking connected Especially like, like with what I was just thinking about this literally a day or two ago, I'm not shitting you about the talk you gave at SRF on the flow state, mm-hmm. because that state, cause I've just, I got sick a while back and I've just been dealing with like brain fog and exhaustion. And it's just, I, so I'm like, I need to get back into the clarity and like that oneness of the flow state. And then I was remembering, uh, I, for some reason you popped into my fucking head about how you were talking about that. That might've even been last night Hmm. um, when I thought about that. Uh, but yeah, there's, when you're in that state, especially you can see, or at least in my experience, I see like, um, so-called synchronicities that are way too repetitive and specific and bizarre to be what people call a coincidence. Like, no, it's, it's just not. Well, it's like, it's like good luck. Um, like when you're in flow, you get more of mm-hmm. the, whatever luck is, you know, it's, if you're doing as you should be doing good things come generally, generally, even when it feels like bad shit, you know, it's like that trip was one kind of like struggle after the next, it was a huge adventure. But like the truck and like the work and like it, there was nothing easy about it, including that hike. Right. It, you know, it was a vacation, but not really. It was a it was a journey. It was a goddamn journey. And um, I think that's way more worthwhile than sitting on a beach for five or six days. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, because those are the situation. Those are the experiences that you take away life lessons from or like even being able to share the story that you just fucking shared uh because yeah you don't really get that by like you know just not moving and just laying there you know whatever like it does it does i I was just having this conversation like a similar one recently with somebody where um it was like i was going through you know some challenging things because i have been and they were you know this is a normal human reaction but you know not wanting me to be struggling. And, you know, I could see that this person was kind of trying to figure out a way to like fix it or dissect it because they wanted me to be okay. And I was like, you know, you don't need to do that. That's not necessary. Like in life, this kind of shit happens and there, you might not understand the reason for it while it's happening. But in hindsight, every really fucking hard thing I've been through, I have always been able to look back and be like, okay, that had to happen. Otherwise, this shit that's really, really dope would have never been possible. So I'm like, this is literally just part of life. And it's, you know, to, to want everything to be good all the time and to deny that there is 
struggle or darkness is to literally deny reality. Like that's just not like you don't cross a fucking finish line. You know what I mean? Like you're going to keep, you know, peeling back layers of the onion. Like you're never, you know, none of us are spared, you know, struggle or hardship or, you know, pain or whatever, but that doesn't mean it's fucking bad and needs to be like stomped out and denied immediately. You know, it's, it's, it's like, yeah. like what you were saying, it has a fucking purpose. Like it is a journey of sorts. Sometimes it's a literal one through a fucking Canyon. And sometimes it's, you know, a, a process that you got to work through emotionally, whatever. But, but that, those are the experiences that I also find typically bring me closer to that supernatural power that we are referencing. You know, people have different names for it, but, um, I, I, I have found that it has been through like my greatest hardships that I find greater evidence for something like that, which is, which is fucking weird. Okay. Wow. Yes. Yes. First of all, second of all, I have three or four things I'm going to try to piece together here. So bear with me, but in terms of like putting on the glasses, right? Seeing things for what they are, you know, I first kind of started to question things in high school, you know, as many people do, maybe the difference between me and someone like you versus the average, you know, sleepwalking human is that we never stopped questioning things. You know, they didn't beat that out of us successfully. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking about how when I was a teenager, I started to just kind of recognize that I was being raised in a world with an excess of comfort and safety. You know, I was born into a stable household in a safe suburb, upper middle class, quote unquote, good schools, even though I'm like, this is a good school. Really? <laughs> really? Um, and I started to actually seek out challenges, right? I got very interested in backpacking and wilderness survival, right? Because I wanted challenge at a gut kind of instinct level. I wanted discomfort. And in terms of the spiritual thing we're talking about, I've almost come to describe it to myself as the way, okay, the way, like, like the river, the current, the flow. And, you know, the way comes up a lot, you know, Taoism, Taoism, mm -hmm. it's all about the way, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And maybe all Jesus was saying is, Hey, look, y'all I'm in flow. I am the way I am the truth. I am the life I'm in it. I am in it. And truth is what I'm in the flow of truth. God, I, you know, sometimes I, I, I say things like that. And then I question, do I make sense? Of course it makes sense. No, you're it does. You're, you're not the, actually, you're not the only person that said that to me either. I, I know another person that, um, well, speaking of occult things is involved in, in some, in some things people might consider a cult, but is also very, you know, th this individual knows the Bible very, very well. So he was, 
breaking that down for me. And he was like, where people, and this is, you know, I'm sure somebody could listen and get furious that I'm saying this, but you know, I don't fucking know, but this person was telling me, you know, people get it fucked up. Like they think that the way to freedom is by worshiping him when he was really trying to say, no, the way to God is literally by doing what the fuck I'm doing, which is what you're saying. Like, like what, like, does, you know what I'm saying? Like Follow, just, following, following the Holy spirit, the, the guiding force inside of you. Inside exactly. Of, yeah. Yes. So that was, it was, he, I mean, he was showing people how to do it and how to be it. Um, but you know, for, for various reasons, whether people doc, I mean, I, I think all religious texts have been heavily doctored, um, or, you know, censored or, you know, flat out, you know, have just fake shit in them to throw people off. Um, and then I think there's truth in there as well, but even if you took that apart, I mean, the fact that it's been translated through so many different fucking languages and periods of time where different expressions were interpreted differently. It's like, why do we, why are we taking that literally at fucking face value? It's, it's, it's nuts the way that I see some people like just, yeah, some people can get kind of neurotic about it, but yeah, I do. I do agree with that. Like that's, that's, that makes sense to me. And as far as as far as what feels right to me and what has worked for me, it's, it's leans more toward that. So I'm going to see if I can find something really quick. Um, but I'll tell you about it first. So speaking of the translation issue, you're, you're fully right. Like the Bible is not unchanged. It is highly adapted. And I heard, I, I can't confirm this cause I'm not a linguistic expert. Uh, I don't know languages, but I, I saw this video of this woman apparently, you know, so Aramaic is one of the earlier languages, uh, that the Bible was written in, Mm -hmm. if not the earliest. And supposedly somebody translated the Lord's prayer from the Aramaic version of the Bible. And it sounds very different from what we think of as you know, like the Catholic Lord's Prayer, right? Let me see if I can find this real quick. Error. I don't know how you... Hey, it popped right up. God bless uh, whatever, the fill-in-the-blank search. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Not in Aramaic. Translated. Yeah, I don't. I don't speak Aramaic. Hang on. It may not be the same video here, but let's let's see what this sounds like. Cause it was just it was fascinating. It was way more um pagan sounding. And some of the some of the people that I've been listening to who know a thing or two, you know, like Orthodox Christians that are very astute um historians talk about how it's possible that Christianity was at the beginning, a group of mushroom psychedelic mushroom induced uh, awakenings that were translated improperly at different times. You know, Jesus might've just been a guy that ate some really dope shrooms and, and showed some other people, 
That's some would call it blasphemy to say that. But anyways, let's listen to this and see what it sounds like. Oh, thou, the breathing life of all, creator of the shimmering sound that touches us, help us breathe one holy breath, feeling only you. This creates a shrine inside, in wholeness, desire with and through us, the rule of universal fruitfulness onto the earth. Create in me divine cooperation from many selves, one voice, one action. Grant what we need each day in bread and insight, substance for the call of growing life. Erase the inner marks our failures make just as we scrub our hearts of others' faults. Deceived neither by outer nor the inner, free us to walk your path with joy. From you is born all ruling will, the power and life to do the song that beautifies all. From age to age, it renews. Whoa, that is way different. Like I'm following along and I'm like, I see what they did, you know what I mean? But I also see what yeah. they fucking did, you know? And it, so, wow. Because I know the Lord's Prayer, like, pretty fucking well. So, um, holy sh- wow. That is a big difference. Yeah. And it it sounds a lot, a lot truer. Um, I wish that was a really slow version. The one I had heard before was slightly different. You know, I bet you you could translate it a hundred different ways from Aramaic, right? But the point is, I think that it's getting back to the to the root of what it was supposed to be. Go back to the earlier translation and you could write it a hundred different ways, but it'll still be truer than the the way that has been translated 50 times to reach the King James version or the new, you know, international version version, whatever. Um, But yeah, you know do not be deceived from within or without that's pretty profound i mean there you know it's like that is massive and such a fucking big difference from the part in the lord's prayer where it does talk about you know deliver us from evil da 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 um that's way the fact that it even acknowledges that there is a war waged both within and without is, I mean, you take away the within part and you're kind of, you're doing, in my opinion, a lot of damage to people because you're, you're kind of creating like victims of circumstance or whatever, or people that are just 
helpless and need a savior and that, which is where, you know, the state kind of comes in and manipulates that shit. Because even just the King James version, I'm like, do you not see whose names on the fucking front of that? Like, but I've, I've read that version as well. And I was reading through it. And I mean, God, what I'm about to say is probably going to piss certain people off. So like, no offense. Like if, you know, I'm not knocking anybody's faith. This was my own personal experience in reading this book. And I was reading through some of the Proverbs and I was like, this reads to me like a fucking peasant manual. Like it reads like a king and his scribe to the illiterate fucking masses. And only they had a hold of this fucking book and they were, you know, chose the clergy who read it to them or whatever. But it, I mean, it literally talks about that, like being um, subservient to your king. And I'm like, that's man-made shit. You're going to tell me God came down here and had a fucking opinion on that? Like, really? But we shouldn't worship false idols. Okay, well, the the just, control just, the control yeah. of information goes way back. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it's it's just it's fucking nuts. But I was reading it, and I'm like, how the fuck are people not seeing that this is so, this so blatantly is like a person? You know what I mean? And not this is not like the word of God or the word of a messiah this is literally like it sounds like some shit a king would have his subjects be indoctrinated with is exactly what the fuck it sounded like well it's like the whole thing about the best lies are half true yes so like like enough truth comes through in the the new versions of the bible um that people still you know are enticed and and i think there's enough truth in there that a that a a decent sort of worldview can be built on those words, but you do kind of have to be selective because there's some shit in there that doesn't feel quite right. But I'm pretty sure if you could go back and read, read it the way they originally wrote it, um, it would not, it would not sound quite like what you were raised with, right? Not your, not your granddaddy's Bible. It's your great, 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 granddaddy's bible that we that we want to read uh problem is it doesn't exist anymore but you know i think all of this leads to the last song which i almost want to give you a chance to guess what it is because it's my personal favorite by you and um it has a whole lot to do with the struggle within Okay, so that would definitely be true. Warriors hunt themselves, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, if it's got to do with something like this, yeah, oh yeah. Well, that actually really does weirdly tie in with that part of the prayer of within and without because mm-hmm. that's a huge problem. I'm like everybody that I have another song that's it hasn't been released yet, but it will be soon. That's called "Kill Your Inner Bitch," so it's like written a little bit more harshly than "True Warriors Hunt Themselves," sure. but it's the same concept of I'm telling people you're living in a house of mirrors, thinking you're li- looking out a fucking window, and it's just all projections. And as long as we keep never looking within at why are we getting disturbed by what we see and why are we, you know, feeling like we're provoked to lash out or treat people a certain way. We just make everything, everything's always everyone else's fault. And if that's the case, then you have no responsibility. You're a victim of circumstance. You've never done anything wrong and you don't require any introspection or change or work. And I, and it's like, okay, if you want to live with that, live like that, cool. But like, don't be surprised when every single endeavor you undertake or relationship you have just burns to the fucking ground. 
I mean, it's just not realistic, but we, I mean, there is so much conditioning in this culture to look everywhere for a solution besides within. Within. It's always, it's always without, and that makes you a great consumer. And it also makes you dependent and so controllable. So, I mean, it, it serves many agendas. You know, I, I won't get, I won't get the quote right, but in that version of the Lord's prayer, there was something about, may I scrub the, the marks of my mistakes from within myself. And, you know, it was the, um, I think it was the part where normally you would hear like, uh, forgive my trespasses and let me forgive those that trespass against yep. me. Yeah. But it was, it's an active version. It's, um, not forgive my trespasses, but let me fix my fuck ups. Let me scrub the errors of my own actions from myself, which is a little more empowering to think of it that way. It, it absolutely is. And it's, it's being acknowledged kind of differently as well. Yeah. I mean, the wording really does fucking matter. Like it, it's like, I, I think, I mean, I, I, for myself, I can even say, I think even I underestimate how powerful on a subconscious level, even subtly, just little changes in a sentence or with different words can really create like a whole different interpretation and experience of whoever is hearing it it's it's fucking it's it's crazy that so that was a really that was really cool i'm gonna look that prayer up actually after this so i can have it because i like i like that version much better yeah me too yeah. me too well let's listen to your version because <laughs> <laughs> i think it's the same i think you were writing your version uh with this song so Hang on, I gotta. I keep. I, I I pulled them all up on the computer and had them like queued up, but that is not how I want to play them. So hang on. True Warriors. I tell you, I honest to God, no lie. This song was living rent free in my brain for like a month. <laughs> I, I swear. I swear. Living rent free in my brain. I fucking love that that expression. Um. Yeah, that's, I mean, I fucking love when people tell me that because it's like when I wrote it, again, this is during the pandemic, but it was just like, oh my God, like we are all struggling so much with connection. Like, mm -hmm. can we please, like, please. So when it like resonates with people, I'm like, thank fucking God, because that's no, literally why I wrote it. <laughs> your, your words were on repeat in my brain. I, this song, I'm not kidding. It was stuck in my head, so... That's why I saved it for last. Like I said, it's my favorite. So here we go. True warriors hunt themselves by testimony. We wanted to know if you had anything else left to teach us. Believe in yourselves. Dream. Do good. I guess there's just one thing left then. Tell us you love us. I ain't got much hope for the future. Motherfuckers too scared, too immature. To face their flaws and traumas. Monsters in the labyrinth, so they become narcissists. Create their own characters. Playing God with their life. No problem, right? Except the casualties of abuse. 
abuse and neglect and lifestyle ignite People selfish as fuck and the real ones withdraw And passing gentle souls, they all vulnerable They see the freak show and decide to bounce out Wish they would have had a bit more bravery, they'd drown out The fuck shit, white noise, wolf tickets, straight lies Bitches consistently inconsistent, wording bond no more If I wasn't wary of karma, there'd be hexing going on And you see how lack of love turns to hate Witches used to get requests from family to be blessed Now it's all just calls for broken-hearted vengeance I love you all I don't give a fuck about a goddamn virus The real plague been around, it's unbroken silence It's called isolation, ego, fear, lack of love It's called a broken home where most addictions spring from Yeah, it's depressing, but I'm calling it like I see But the most important thing I hope that you hear from me True warriors hunt themselves So go within and find out where your character dwells What are you made of? Chinks in your armor? What are the lies you repeat to yourself like mantras? I guarantee that shit didn't originate in ya You probably learned it as a kid Or society programmed it Do you wanna keep living with a fake smile every day? Or do you wanna break the curse and bring back love? Tell me, cause it all starts today Do you think we can pull it off? Class dismissed. I hope so. Time will tell, though. Talk about vulnerability. Yeah, dude, I actually remember now I just remembered this when I performed that at Self-Reliance Fest and everybody was like, yeah. And then you were the one that yelled freedom, didn't you? And then that got everybody to start yelling that. Yep. That was a fucking dude. That's why I got to get the footage from that night because that was powerful fucking shit. Yeah. I totally just remembered it because I was that was the last time I've heard that song was when I performed it at the festival. Really? Wow. I've probably listened to it 50 or a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, I, I, the last time I heard it was when I did it on the stage. So that's, oh, wow. That's fucking crazy. But also wow. shout out to Feo for producing that song. If anybody's interested, he spells his producer name like F-E-I-O, which is an acronym for fuck everyone I'm out. He's actually dope as fuck. Um, yeah. And he made that beat, which was like so unique to me because of the sample that he used. And so that immediately gave me a writing prompt. It, I was just yeah. like, Oh, you just brought up love. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well, this is how I feel about that. So it was another Avenue, I guess, of channeling like, overall brokenheartedness or whatever so i didn't i didn't attack people this time i just was like hey maybe we can uh start looking within ourselves <laughs> a little bit yeah well there were more than a few reasons i wanted to end on that song but it is it's it's a very positive message um you know it's like there's nothing wrong with having both sides heads and tails you know, light and dark anger and positivity, you know, destructive, righteous indignation versus improvement, right? Sometimes to build something, you got to tear something else down. 
and I like your music because you cover both sides, you know, not that it's limited to two sides, but I don't know. In a lot of ways it is right. Yeah. Well, the 3d reality operates on polarities. So yeah, I mean, that is, you know, in that reality. Yeah. Which is, you know, the one that, you know, all of us, it it doesn't depend regardless of how evolved one's consciousness is like our bodies are always here. Right. In this incarnation. So this, whatever we want to call it, society, simulation, whatever, it, it, it absolutely does operate on polarities. And we're also kind of trained to think that way as well. So, <clears throat> wow. Yes. Thank you for saying, like, I think the, the main theme here might be, it's like, I talk about duality a lot. You say polarity. They both exist. To me, pretty much anything in the artificial world in the world with, you know, the matrix, the wool pulled over our eyes, that's the polar world, but everything true is dualistic, meaning there's two sides, but they're the same. They're not opposites. Well, they are opposites, but they're also equals. They're not separate. They're together. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's it's a very interesting thing to think about. I was even thinking about it the other day, like in terms of, you know, that concept of the past and the future actually always existing at the same time. I just kind of went on like a, a weird fucking head trip with that, but I was just like, wait, so like, what? Flash, flashback. <laughs> yeah, there was just one night where I was just like, whoa, what if it's like fucking thin? Like, so yeah, that's where my head goes, but um. But yeah, it is the, you, when you said that, you actually just shot me back to old song lyrics. This song can only be found on SoundCloud. It's not on like any, because I don't have the fucking file anymore. Really? Um, yeah. A lot of my older stuff I don't have anymore. And it's it's not on YouTube. It's not on Spotify, not on Apple Music. But well, if I, if I'm right, so I bought, I bought a couple songs from you on SoundCloud and I was able to download a file onto my, oh, I think you did on a, on Bandcamp. Yeah, oh, you're right. It was Bandcamp. So you know yeah. what though? I should be able to actually get that song off of SoundCloud. And I think it might even be on Bandcamp. I'd have to check. It's so fucking old, huh. but, um, it was one of my first songs, but that you literally, when you said duality, that just reminded me back to um these lyrics i wrote fucking like over a decade ago where i said the duality of man there's always been a plan got god in my life now but still cursed by my own hand and i was just like going down i just remember that i'm like should i remake that fucking song so if you saw my eyes like look like it i went somewhere else is because i was like holy shit no that's awesome that's awesome reminded me of that fucking like way old thing but what's the song called it's called The Path, and I have a another artist on it with me. His name is Jesse James, and it should be, it, it's probably the last one if you're on Bandcamp or SoundCloud. Hey, I'm on SoundCloud. Um, yeah, it should be like if you go into all tracks, because now SoundCloud, they do it where they only show like five of your most recent, so you'd have yeah, to- Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, say the name of the song one more, one more time. It's called The Path. The Path. Hey, The Way, The Path. I think we need to hear this song. That would be a trip. Holy shit. You're going to be weirded out as fuck. My voice does not sound the same. Hmm. (laughs) Let's see. Let's see if we can find it. Uh, It didn't come up in the search. 
Um, if you either go to Bandcamp or if you just go to my SoundCloud and just go to go to where it will let you see all of my posted tracks, I'm right. like 99.9% is up there. There it is. Got it. All right. Hang on. We're getting it. Got to do a little thing here. We're almost. All right. Oh. Now this one, if you don't have the MP3, I suppose. I think this... I can. I think I can get it actually. If not from Bandcamp, then def. I think I can download it on Sound off of SoundCloud if I enable the downloads. Okay, I was gonna say we may be stuck with the version I'm getting here, uh, but I will say um, it would be awesome if you can email me. I've got I've got True Warriors Hunt themselves, but I need Wasteland and I need Psycho. And, and then I, this one. and Oh, and The Lie We Live. The Lie yeah. We Live. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. The Path featuring Jesse James. me from dropping my soliloquies i used to rock an eight ball and smoke a pound of chronic but now i'm like my name is jesse and i'm, I'm an, an alcoholic, alcoholic. the fact that i'm even living it all is amazing considering the state of my car the broke glass still buried in an inch of my skin i can't believe i let myself get to the place i was in but it don't matter who you are if you were an addict like me debris and burnt bridge ashes what the habit will bring i mean a shattered dream and misery love company so ugly and fun to be drunk and see but under Underneath the front was me, battered and beat, had to defeat my darker side. But now I choose to walk the path and live a conscious life.
this devil upon my shoulder Hate that I'm sober and hope that I elope With a vodka bottle of soda But I'm polar, I let go of the boulder That's holding a soldier back That's my word and it's fact Now, now let, let me show you, let me sow the season Hopefully you hearing me well Another episode to let you know I'm clear as a bell that a trip (laughs) so fucking weird and like honestly emotional to hear that because that song is probably 12 years old like that was made when i first started singing and making music wow so that's how old that shit is um so i like didn't even recognize my own voice but like you you sound different you do Yeah. yeah yeah i very very different voice um yeah wow and i whoa that was so fucking weird holy wow well i don't know that i know what i'm talking about but um i was a choir boy in middle school oh were you really (laughs) (laughs) and i was taught that you can sing from your head or you can sing from your chest yeah i think you were exclusively singing from the head there and your new stuff i think you use both you know, it's not that you shifted to the other, it's that you found both. Uh, but I, I, I like that last verse. Yeah. Yeah. That was like pretty, that was, well, especially with the world we live in now. Cause now I'm starting to think about it, like applying to like, when I said the lyric, do you know what it is to be a slave in a free man's world? I was like, Oh Jesus fucking Christ. You have no idea how much, like what kind of meaning that's going to take on soon. But mm-hmm. Yeah, that was because when I was writing it, I i mean, I do have some lyrics that have never even been sung, actually, that are 100 percent about um, enslavement, like in the context that we would talk about it as. But when I wrote this song, I mean, you can tell with Jesse's verses, too, like both of us had just gotten sober and that's how we met each other was in recovery. So uh, we were talking about addiction and like our own inner demons and like the struggle with that like even with being newly sober like people don't understand there's a big fucking difference between getting sober and staying sober it's way different i i heard his line it popped out to me the devil on my shoulder hates me being sober yep that's a fucking line yeah yeah that's very very true um so we were like you know just kind of tripping out on that but i'm like oh my like now especially after the conversation we just had and the the types of conversations we do have i'm just like that just was uh very very eerie to hear my self from the past (laughs) say that into a into a speaker what the fuck that's so crazy okay well i'm glad that that one's still around yeah Um, it's still out there I'm sure. I'm sure you can rip it. You got to be able to rip it somehow. Uh, yeah, I, well, I, yeah. And if I have to, like, fuck it. I'll buy it on Bandcamp. It's just gonna go to my fucking account. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you lose. Like, you yeah. Might, 
lose 10 cents in the process or something yeah from like a the fucking processing fee yeah exactly <laughs> like who gives a fuck like yeah it's 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 accessible so yeah, yeah we yeah. can definitely get it um but yeah that is that was really weird to to hear that holy shit huh well okay so i'm curious to ask you something and i think we should maybe wrap up this might be like my last question two and a half hours we're coming up oh wow holy yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's hey it's good it's good um when you write, um, you know, like some of these lyrics to me feel like some of my lines that I wrote in my novel, where after I wrote it, it was partially like, whoa, like, where did that even fucking come from? Like, there were times where I literally, I like jumped back out of my, I finished, I hit, period and i jump out of my chair and say holy shit you know like like speaking of being in in the flow like mm-hmm. on the path the way where it felt like the words while they're my words i wasn't necessarily the one to arrange them they came out un unprovoked i mean is that is that something you can relate 100%, to? One hundred percent. Yeah, a, a thousand percent. A lot of songs that I have, whether they're released or not, but even a lot of the released ones that they they wrote. I, I kind of say they wrote themselves because a lot of like people will ask me, "What's your writing process?" Like, do you first have to have the instruments? No, I write in silence almost yeah, all yeah. of the time. The music comes after the writing, not the other way around. Like I do not need a melody or a beat or fuck all put me in a room with a pen and a pad. That's, that's it. Yeah. So, but a lot of it will come as like a download where I could be driving, I could be cooking, I could be in the car and all of a sudden lyrics will come into my head and I'm like, Oh, holy shit. So at this stage in the game, I know you have to write them down or get the, or record them as a voice memo immediately. They're gone. And I know even Sylvia Plath used to, the poet used to talk about, she, that's how her poems came to her as well. Yeah. Um, So I do believe that there are other creative energies or forces in the universe that will use us as channels and it could even be our higher selves, an extension of us. I I don't know. But there's something beyond regular understanding going on in the creative process because I've 100% had that experience more often than not. And a lot of, a lot, sometimes something will happen and it maybe is a line. I'll turn on my phone, I'll hit the voice memo thing, and I'll just keep going and saying what's flooding into my head until it goes away. And then I look at the phone and it's like I've been basically freestyling and, and, you know, rhyme form for over 30 minutes. It's like, where the fuck did that come from? There was zero intention behind it. Like I wasn't planning that. So that's how a lot of songs get written. But even when I do sit down to write some shit, yeah, that's, that is how, you know, if you're blocked or in the creative flow is like whether stuff just kind of comes to you where you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. So yeah, hundred percent relate to that. More like you're capturing it than you're creating it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It it definitely feels like you're almost like a vessel for Mm -hmm. like for a message that or for something. But yeah, it does it does feel like you're kind of almost a transmitter or like tuning into something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I you know I guess to wrap it up, 
what I'll say is that you have, you've been an inspiration to me in that. I think you, you've got balls, you've got balls. And I don't mean that literally, you know what I mean? You're, you're willing to put yourself out there. You're willing to be controversial. You're willing to show your true self. And I think it's because you listen to your gut, right? And it's something that I'm, I'm learning to do more and more, like have confidence in that, that voice from within that, you know, is right. Even if everyone else tells you it's wrong, you know? So thank you for making music. Cause I'm grateful. I'm grateful to have heard any of it. Um, and I think you keep getting better and better from my perspective. I, I haven't known you long, but I think, I think the songs are, you know, they were good and they're getting to be great. Well, so. thank you. I appreciate the shit out of that. And this whole conversation, the whole podcast yeah. has been definitely one of my favorites that I've done. Absolutely. I will say ditto uh, yeah. for sure. And we should do another. Um, now we've, we've broken down your music. That'll open us up. We can talk about other shit. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent. I'm always down to like jump on here with you. I mean, look, we did that with, I mean, I didn't even know we were doing it at the first. I took it. the. I like miss. Yeah. 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 That was fun. You know what I mean? Like why the, I I don't know what we're talking about, but absolutely. And it just kind of, it flowed with the flow state guy. So (laughs) I knew, I knew we wouldn't have any trouble talking. So I didn't didn't stress about it. Yeah. That's my bad for, for saying you want to chat. Um, (laughs) I assumed that that was understood, but no, no worries. I'll be ultra specific from now on. (laughs) (laughs) I have people hit me up all the time because like everybody's bit, you know, so they're like, Hey, can you talk on the phone about something later or whatever? Right. Right. So I'm I'm used to people like seeing if I'm available, if they want to talk on the phone. So that's what I thought you meant. I didn't know podcast, but that works out just fine. You know what I mean? It totally works. So hey, I'm so glad we did it. You kicked its fucking ass. So and I will, I will send you those files um, tonight for sure. And then I would cool. love to put this, if you're cool with it, put this file on my podcast as well. Like Totally. I'll, uh, I'll edit it. I'll compress it and I'll send it to you. So, awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much. Seriously. Hey, thank you for real. It was a pleasure and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I don't know how, how to get out of. I will, I will end the recording and then, <laughs> and then I've never can, used this one before. <laughs> we can say an unofficial off the record goodbye after that, but okay. thank you for, thank you for coming on the easy peasy podcast for real. Thank you for having me. All right.